Cinnabuds receives support from Associated Bank and Eyes on the Lake, Eye Care and Eyewear. Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. From Milwaukee Film, I'm Christopher Pollard, and this is Cinnabuds. Now, as I told you before, sadly, Mrs. Dory Zori could not be with us, but please a warm welcome for her husband, Mr. Dory Zori. Oh, oh what's happening? Why? Thank, thank you. This is taking a terrible turn. I'm done. I'm so sorry. I'm done. Cancel my membership. Oh. Guys, I know that was, first of all, that was very good. But now let him have it for real. Mr. Dory Zori. Thank you. Thank you. I'm no Dory. Hi, everybody. How did you like the movie? I'm so excited that you're here. It's so cool to see everyone here uh, together. And uh, so we're just going to talk a little bit about our reactions to the film, a little bit about what we love about it. And then we're going to have a, we have a lovely microphone down here. If anyone wants to chime in uh, afterwards, we're going to have some people, we, we want to talk to you about it. So first I want to say, being in this space, it's great to have everyone back, everyone watching movies together. Milwaukee Film is all about getting people together to watch movies. No better example of that than when uh, O'Hare, I believe it's O'Hara, uh, got tagged in the beans. <laughs> And everyone in this room went, oh. The, the verbal reactions to every kick in the nuts was amazing. Yeah. And I think that's what cinema is all that about. That is. That is. Mr. Dory. I'm going to call you that the whole time. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about how we first, it's going to be a lot, it's going to sound like uh, religion. How did Bruce Lee first come into your life? Oh, this movie. <laughs> this really? movie for sure, yeah. This is Enter the Dragon, the first martial arts film produced by a major Hollywood studio. John Saxon is Roper. He was in it for the money. U.S. karate champion Jim Kelly as Williams. He was there because he had no choice. Black Belt Hall of Fame undisputed martial arts champion and international film star Bruce Lee. His job was to get them out alive. Do you remember when you first saw it? Uh, it was on VHS. Perfect. I remember seeing it and being like, this is amazing. And then you watch American action movies, like closer to that era, and they, they don't compete. Yeah. I, th I feel like it took a while for fight coordinators and stunt people to be like, we should be doing this because there's nothing better than that. Yeah, especially this time. No. This was a movie that I think I saw bits and pieces of Bruce Lee on TV when I was You saw a kid. bits and pieces of his movies. Oh, uh, no. Not him. <laughs> That's true. I saw Shoulder. It was very titillating. Did you have like a zoomed-in TV? Yeah, yeah. We had just... a weird TV. Yeah. Uh, that was, was Missouri. <laughs> you grew up in Missouri. I grew up in Missouri. We had TV. It only focuses on parts. And <laughs> what better? I mean, Bruce Lee. I'll... Anyway, I won't <laughs> What? Wait, He's a what, handsome What man. was your first Bruce Lee moment? So I don't remember. I remember seeing uh, bits and pieces of his films on TV okay. and yeah. some of the action sequences. But I think it was later as a, like 20, probably my 20s, where I actually sat down and watched fully through one, of, one or two of his movies. So like last year. Last year when I was 20, when I turned 20, thank you. 
but I was amazed. I mean, I realize now, I don't think I put much thought into it at the time, but I realize now, especially tonight, why he's so like engaging is because he's the most charming. <laughs> I can't imagine like co-billing your lead actors when <laughs> Bruce Lee's one of them. Who is competing with Bruce Lee? No one. Bruce John Lee Saxon. I saw it for John Saxon, and then uh, uh, luckily Bruce Lee was in it, too. John Saxon looked like everybody's math teacher slash gym coach in middle school. Bruce Lee was amazing, and he probably should have been James Bond instead of Roger Moore. <laughs> That's true. Like, Oh. I mean, it's way too late for that campaign, <laughs> but I like where your head's at. Why are they not doing James Bond movies? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll tell you something about Bruce Lee after this. It's going to make you very sad. I do, yeah, I do realize it's, it's not just the fact that, I mean, he was an incredible martial artist, uh, and then he broke into Hollywood, but he was so charming. He added so much style to everything he did. And this movie in particular, it, it's not just a martial arts film, it's a spy movie. Uh, it actually had a lot of impact on like the crossover of blaxploitation films with Jim Kelly into like combining that with martial arts films. Yep in like the later 70s and early 80s. So it had so much in it, and I was watching this movie realizing the plot is actually, it's really nicely laid out. Like they have those vignettes at the beginning where it sets up, really economically sets up each character. You get a little bit of their backstory, and then you get invested in them. You, same with Bruce Lee, but he adds, I mean, he adds so much with, especially you see the little philosophy at the beginning, uh, which has a lot to do with his actual take on Kung Fu and how it's, he started with that, but he also added his own style to it because he thought that can't be the end-all, be-all. I read one book I, on I him. I just wanted to bring this up because I feel like people are like, Christopher knows an uncomfortable amount about Bruce Lee. I'm going to, no. You, you read a book. One book. And you fell in love. I am not an expert. I have read one book, and my brain is very old and dry, and I will not retain all this information for long. So I'm going to say some of these things, and if I'm wrong, please take me to task. <laughs> Yeah, that's what that mic. Like that's what that mic is for. This is the take me to task mic. If I'm wrong about any of these facts, but this film was such a breakthrough film because Hollywood. I don't know if this will be surprising. Is <laughs> a little late to the party uh, on oh, occasion. I so first of all, can I just show a hands? How many people here watched this movie and just felt physically inadequate? <laughs> like everyone in this movie was so fit. There's not a gym membership in the world that will make me look like that or kick like that or anything. But beyond that, the whole time I was watching it, and I remember seeing it the first time, be like, I, like I, I did a little research for this because I did not want to shame the family name. I, I can't believe, I mean, I can't believe because this is America. Hollywood had their doubts. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah. we need to make a movie to make Bruce Lee an international star. I'm like, no, you don't. You could have him just stand like, in a photograph, like I'm in, I'm, I'm yeah. sold. Stand in a field. But the whole, the whole thing, I'm like, this, this is amazing. Yeah. How, how is this like a film we're making, but we're skeptical it'll do well? Yeah, because they believed at the time that they didn't think an Asian actor could carry an American film, even though Bruce I mean, Lee had already proved himself worldwide at this point, and they finally gave him a shot. This is like an American. Uh, it's a Chinese-American production, so it wasn't even fully American yet. Uh, like, Hollywood was like, we'll, we'll dip our toe in. Am I wrong in thinking that America was messed up in the 70s? What? I don't know, man. That's news to me. It seems weird. We've always done everything right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> 
This movie, adjusted for inflation, made what is the equivalent of $2 billion around the world. And this was 1973. Right. It was made, I believe, for like 850000 and grossed $90 million. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah. That, neither of those numbers I'll ever see in my life. <laughs> I get paid like half that. Right. When people doubt me, I don't make that much money. When people doubt Bruce Lee, it makes <laughs> 90 would you say billion? Well, by no, in today's money, it would be two billion. Oh, sorry, two yeah. only two billion. Yeah, ninety million at the yeah. time, apparently. Yeah. So I think he's proved himself. Uh, very sadly, this movie came out a month after he passed away, which is really, really depressing, and I don't want to bring the room down. Uh, but Too it is late. impressive that the fact that the big martial arts movies that really made his name were really relatively small. It's about four. I don't recall, four or five films, three to five maybe even. And um, still, the legend, and the, he becomes such an icon to this day, it's a, it's a real testament to how impressive he was. It was like a loss. Like, we lost. Like, him passing yeah. away was, because what the future could have been, for, he would have been in every Star Wars movie, every Marvel movie. <laughs> like, everyone would yeah. have paid him blank check for Bruce Lee. That's truly. true. Also, I got to say, I... Again, did a little Googling. Please. So the director was deaf. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And if someone out there, there are a thousand of you out there smart, because there are, t for the sake of the podcast, the audio only, there's 10,000 people in this yeah, theater Yeah, this right is a now. full house. Hi, right. Balcony. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Man. Fire Marshal. We are breaking codes left and right, <laughs> but people are thirsty for this movie on 35. Yeah. So he was Deaf, and they recorded the movie. They did not record sound when they recorded the movie. There was, I think, only one scene where they recorded the sound. They overdubbed everything afterwards. Yeah. But he would have his assistant directors let him know if they got the script right. Oh, wow. So not only are you making a phenomenally choreographed action movie with some one of the most charismatic stars that Hollywood had their doubts about. Yeah. Big L Hollywood. But the director could not hear what was happening. Right. That's amazing movie yeah for all those odds stacked against it did you uh do, were you a martial arts person were you like i mean movies martial arts movies were you into them as a kid or as young? i, I was not or were you into martial arts <laughs> no. no look look at this no i wasn't i did not know i grew up in a very small town did not know about it i think the first martial proper martial arts film i ever saw i'm not counting karate kid because come on but like uh Drunken Master? Oh, might yeah. Have been. Um, and I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go. Yeah. It, I'm not going to count Karate Kid either, but I'm certain it was Karate Kid. That pro well, it was everyone in here's first. <laughs> definitely if you're white. Yeah. Definitely if you're white. It was your first one. <laughs> <laughs> you count it? Oh, that's fine. All right. That's yeah, fine. sure. But yeah, I don't think, I think I was late to the party. Again, just other, again, not counting Karate Kid, but again, 20s when I was really excited yeah, about all Yeah, art school these opened a lot of doors for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the only thing art school did for you was introduce you to films. It did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I don't make them. Yeah. <laughs> Money well spent. But yeah, I, I feel like I had a peripheral knowledge of it. And then there was like this boom in the, what was that? When was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Like mid-90s, late-90s? 2000s. Was that 2000s? Wow, 
That is wild. I thought it was way earlier. But there was some, you got the beautiful, like, um, fantastical ones that came out after that. But, I mean, none of that would have broken over here. I mean, he was the first one to break America, essentially, for that kind of film. And when I asked you if you were into martial arts, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be totally odd, because after, after his kind of legend got out there, I mean, martial arts schools opened up tons over the country. That's where they really proliferated. He was like training big stars. I think it was like James Coburn and Steve McQueen. He was training them in martial arts before he broke into movies. And that's kind of one of the ways he got into Hollywood. But then schools were popping up all over. And it was because of him and that movie, everyone wanted to study it. I know. This makes me want to read another note I took. Oh, please. Is that okay? Um, I'm sure you all have heard of IMDb. <laughs> um, internet movie database, internet movie database. Yeah. So I binged this earlier. Um, but so the marketing budget for this movie in America, whoo, shout out to America. They spent more money marketing the movie than the movie spent making the movie. Um, but one of the most interesting things was that part of the marketing campaign was offering free karate classes. <laughs> if you watch the movie? No, to like promote the movie. It was like this whole effort. So let me read this. And, you know, it's an internet fact, so it's probably like 30% true. <laughs> but in order to advertise the movie, the studio offered free karate classes, produced thousands of illustrated flip books, comic books, posters, photographs, and organized dozens of news releases, interviews, and public appearances for the stars. Like, that's a lot of effort. Yeah. Like, again, and I just go back to, like, I, I mean, we all watch this together, right? Is anybody in here, did anyone in here watch this and be like, Bruce Lee was boring? Raise your hand, quiet, like slowly, embarrassingly. Right. No, it's not a movie. It's not a movie you watch quietly. No, it's not. It's not. But like the fact that somebody at a studio was like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, he. They got to it late. Does, uh, does anyone ever heard of a film that was supposed to be called The Silent Flute? No. Oh, I have some information you don't have. <laughs> this is exciting. I read one book. That's what we're I read for. one book. That's all I read. Um, I was very excited to read. There was a passion project that Bruce Lee was going to make called The Silent Flute. It was roughly around the time that they were trying to cast the, the TV show Kung Fu, which he was up for, and they opted for David Carradine. Yeah. Which would have been a much better, um, much worse show. But he had this passion project Wait, that. What, what would have been the much worse show? If it with with uh, Bruce Lee, I said that uh, sarcastically. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I appreciate just, you just checking. I appreciate you checking in because yeah, I, I, I didn't that know where this was going. But the silent flute was going to be. This was after he got like they. They had already planned on this. They saw that he, his star was rising. and so, so they teamed him with James Coburn, who was a good friend of his, and they were going to make this. It was very much like Kung Fu. It was going to focus a lot more on the philosophy of martial arts, and it was going to be a martial arts western starring James Coburn and uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, there was a lot of infighting. when they the, Again, the studios were like, we'll let you do it, but we're only going to give you this much money, and you have to shoot in India, which didn't match any of the locales in the film. And so there was a, there was a bit of a falling out, and then it, it got cut. But reading about this movie, The Silent Flute, uh, you can Google it and read about it. 
it, it's just one of those movies, it's like Yodorowsky's Dune, that Dune that he was gonna make, which was gonna be bananas. Yeah. This is a, one of those losses, like that movie should have been made, it sounded like it was gonna be insane and wonderful and really take it to the next level, if you can even get better than Enter the Dragon. So we chatted a little bit. I want to hear from you, from all of you, every, every, every single, single one of you. One, We're going to be here till 6 a.m. Uh, we've got a microphone up here, and I know we have at least one person ready to yes. chat. Yes. <laughs> so I uh, want to talk to you. I don't know why I stood up. I don't know. I, got bit, I just thought it would be polite. I feel like you have to say something I'm going to sit now. back down. I got, I'm very excited. But I want to hear, so I want to hear from you if you have thoughts about the film, if you have questions. I did not make the film. Uh, Mr. Dory did not make it. Uh, no, I didn't. But perhaps oh. we, uh, maybe we know. But I would love to know, whatever you want to ask or say, feel free to come up. But I also want to know what your favorite scene in the movie is. So, okay. yeah, take first, your time. First anyone wants to come up, you can climb up over here as, you, as you're ready. Okay, so my first question to you is, what was the thought behind it? Because for some of us, we were like living, you know, maybe a few of this is people in the audience don't even know who Bruce Lee is. You know, he had a son named Jason Lee who was successful, and he died early. Brandon, 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 Lee. Brandon yeah. right? So I want to ask you, what was the thought behind it, uh, bringing it back to us? Which I love that you did, but what was your thought behind it? Did you anticipate introducing the whole? this whole character for a new generation. So just bringing it uh, to the film festival. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things we like to do, we did Cinebuds last year, it was really fun. Um, but we always like to look for anniversaries too because it's always very exciting when you see a movie kind of hit that, that like 10 year mark, 20 year mark. And it was shocking to me as a young man, as we talked You're about, 20, very, very 20. young man, to see that Enter the Dragon is 50 years old this year that is crazy to me because i refuse to believe that i age but <laughs> that was very exciting love to bring it back for an anniversary love to bring back <laughs> i'm old is that our ceo that's your boss once again? that's your boss once again our ceo heckles me every time yeah it's with love so i assume it it's 50 years old Hip-hop's 50 years old. Wow. Um, oh. At the Turner Classic Movie Festival. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to bring up another festival here. Uh, RZA interviewed the writer. Really? Yeah, I just, because, again, did a little research. I did not want to embarrass Dory. Because um, <laughs> yeah. I do that enough. But um, he talked about how influential, obviously influential the movie was on Wu-Tang and everything. Yes. And, yes. And, and you see how influential that movie was on Everything. Everything, yeah, right? Like 50 years ago, this movie that Hollywood was skeptical about came out. The budget was low-ish. The equipment, if you read about it, like the equipment was subpar. Yep. Everything was, but they got Lalo Schifrin to do the score, right? And he sampled a lot of like funk and just like, he went outside of his wheelhouse to do it. It was this weird mix of like, you know, just like roll up our sleeves and get this thing done. But, but it's beautiful, and yes. it changed cinema. Like, the, the mirror scene alone, like, what is that? Like, John Wick 1 or 2, they have, like, one of those? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's incorporated in all I mean, in every all Tarantino movie, yeah. like, Tarantino just ripped off everything that came yeah. came before him. You yeah. know what I mean? But, like, but the movie was, it's such a, a major anniversary for not just film, but for music as well, right? Exactly. And then the creation of everything for action changed. It all did. our action how we do action, how action is done, fighting scenes. I, I believe with all my heart, it originated 
with Enter the Dragon. Yeah, it I definitely agree. opened it up. I mean, this movie, especially, you have the, you saw at the beginning, it says all action sequences done by Bruce Lee. He was very insistent, especially when he got a little, you know, clout with everyone mm-hmm. that he that he be a heavy part of it or do it all himself and for good reason he was amazing at it but then the film is more than just a, a ju- i mean we we'll say just a martial arts movie i love martial arts movies that are just martial arts movies but this had a great story with it too yes. and that showed that you know he was going to be more than just doing the same old thing that he had that that people had done before, so he really broke it open. Uh, I think this movie, for me, bringing it back, was also, this is just one of my favorite films. I'm a big fan of Bruce Lee, uh, his style and his dedication, and his, Jonathan can shout out again, but his work ethic, Mm -hmm. which I think I mirror every day here (laughs) at Milwaukee Film. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, that's not funny. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hello, good evening. Uh, Enjoyed the movie. Uh, To answer your question in regards to the favorite part, there's a lot of favorite parts I had, but I really liked the part where he got trapped and he just sat down, cool, collective, like, what are you gonna do, (laughs) right? Yeah, you don't, you don't have me, I have you. If that's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah. Again, how was he not James Bond? It, like, <laughs> I agree, I agree. I, I had a question, just um, maybe your takeaways. Bruce Lee over the years had many interviews with a lot of uh, different people. And one of the things he talked about was be like water. And I'm wondering what, what's your take on that? Any takeaways that you've seen it in his movies? Did you see it in the way he lived? Was there anything that inspired your life right now? So that's my question. Well, you should go first. Oh, thanks. Because I'm going to knock it out of the park. Oh, good. <laughs> when questions are asked about philosophy, I jump up to ask. I jump up to answer. <laughs> I'm very, very smart. Um, (laughs) I do remember that interview. That is the classic interview he had where he talked about his philosophy behind martial arts. I I, I think that was, I know that was one when I talked about it. I saw clips and stuff when I was younger. That was the first time I understood that. I just thought he was cool. I didn't take (laughs) what he was saying the way he spoke was so cool to me, and it didn't really, I didn't really absorb like, the content of what he was saying when I was younger. It wasn't until I was older uh, and really got into his films. I know the idea behind it roughly is you, there's a flow and an ebb to how you move, to how you feel, your emotions, that kind of thing, uh, which being somebody who has no connection to martial arts, I don't know the first thing, even though, yeah, I know that's surprising. It, yeah, it's very shocking. Wow, he is active. He's an active he participant this evening. I gave him a lot of money. Even though when you're a kid and you see martial arts movies, you're always like, I'm pretty sure I know how to do it based on this. Oh, I, no. I, I get know, the gist. I have lived a life of knowing how inadequate I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with it. But to be honest, I think the, uh, the philosophy when I heard it just went right over my head, if I'm really honest. I, I again... My interpretation of that has always just been, you know, water is water, no matter what you contain it in, no matter how free it is, water adapts to whatever you try to do to it. Um, And I I just always felt, for me, that's how I interpreted it, was like, uh, I'm going to, whatever the situation I'm in, whatever, you know, because, I mean, like, I don't know if you guys know this, but, like, life is hard, right? Um, The best best you can try and do is, like, adapt as best you can to the situation around you we see you're new to the show we like to keep it light uh we (laughs) 
really don't want to set I'm expectations sorry. too how many, high. <laughs> how many strikes do I get before I have to leave? Yeah. We like to, well, you don't like to set expectations too high. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for your question. Next. Uh, no question, just um, I'm glad you brought the movie back. I remember seeing it 50 years ago. My dad took me at the center. That's oh, amazing. That's great. Then we went to um, Night Owl after it was about 24 hours. I remember the Night Owl. And we was started, that here in Milwaukee? You never been on the Night Owl? Yeah, it's right no, by the oh, yeah. Night Owl is amazing. But anyhow. Oh, wow. The Burger Place, right? We, burger, absolutely, yeah. Yes. And um, first, mo first movie he took me to, three years old, James Bond Film Festival at uh, Outdoor Theaters. And we went to see everything, two or three movies a week. Center, Downer, or my dad had the Oriental back when they gave the papers. Oh, yeah, always, absolutely. Always on the, uh, on the laundry room. We were coming down here back, I mean, forever. And I'm glad he brought it back and uh, it was great to see it. It's been 50 years since I saw the big screen and just for my old man who died in 20, 2002, we went to everything. He took me everything and didn't matter. Oh, you that's know, fantastic. Bonnie and Clyde is seven years old. That is fantastic. Yeah, we, yeah, I'm glad but, you got to see it. Yeah, so, and, and uh, but it's great you brought it back and and um, still Bruce Lee poster I got when I was 12. <laughs> Do and, you still have right, it? man, yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, man. And I think his first movie was a Blackboard Jungle, right? With that, when he was younger, when well, he, he yeah, did yeah, like yeah. all the teen dramas. Yeah, and like, I, I think it was yeah. in Blackboard Jungle, right? If I remember. That's right? amazing. So. Again, we like to set expectations low. You have way too much information. You're a very smart person, and this is not what, what? we well, do. I was just, I was just one of those this? things when I was a kid, but it, it, just, it was just great to see the movie and great memories of my dad. I mean, literally 50 years ago, going to the center yeah. to see it because that's where they played this stuff. You know? Oh, man, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so yeah. glad you got glad to you see it. it back. First year and 50th year, you got to see it in the theater. Thank you so much. That's, That's awesome. And I assume you're also, you're seeing two or three movies at this festival. You're seeing them every day, right? All right, come on, man. Wait. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow at a movie. Can I say something? Yeah, please. I feel like you should, That's why you're here. You should set the bar higher for your podcast. You think so? Yeah. You think I can? Oh, I believe in you. Oh. <gasps> Hear that, Jonathan? Do you believe in Christopher? Yeah. You right there. <laughs> <laughs> you specifically. Do he's you believe in I me? I think he's accurate. Okay. His <laughs> I, that was I, a, a smattering of applause, by the way, and if you believe in me. That's too much. <laughs> oh, I got a slow clap, too? <laughs> you son of a gun. Uh, that, that checks out. Hi. I, can't, I just can't help but think about how I have to follow that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. So while I was watching the movie, I couldn't help but just notice how Bruce Lee had this great talent of combining like amazing fighting scenes, obviously, like stuff that. So I'm obviously I don't study uh, martial artistry that much. So um, <laughs> but you study it a little bit. I'm pretty sure every I'm pretty sure every boy at some point either considered or did take a few karate classes. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Either their parents forced them into it because they're spending too much time at home, or, <laughs> or maybe they just wanted to learn how to do it. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, not the point. Um, so I like how he sort of could combine sort of the amazing action sequences with sort of more comedic moments as well, like sort of combining humor into his action and. Uh, so one of my favorite martial arts films that I can watch is, I don't know if anyone else here has heard of it. It's a film called Chocolate. Um, I don't know if anyone's heard of it. It's a- uh, Anyone? Oh, we got a, f we got a few people. Yep. Chocolate, like, like the food, but 
I, I do recommend it. It's got some great. It's got uh, some great. It's got a really interesting concept. Some really good choreography, and, some and this is a very, martial arts film. film it as well? is a martial arts okay. film. Yeah, some really good hits in that film too. Like I have no idea how any of the stunt performers got out of it without being like without broken bones. Like, it was so. <laughs> um, so my question sort of is, I know you were talking about like how like. Um, some of the first films, some of the first like uh, martial arts films you would have seen were probably Karate Kid, stuff like that. Yeah. What would you say some of your favorite like martial arts films or maybe even just your favorite fight choreographies in martial arts films or just regular action films have been? Okay, yeah, that's good. Well, first of all, I totally agree about the sense of humor, which is like, what I was talking about when I was talking about his charm and everything is he has these moments and they're like, perfectly hammy they're like hammy enough for the film like when uh when the girls come out and he sees john saxon's reaction and he just goes he just just a little just a little gesture was really funny and these just the looks he gives it's very subtle but i i totally agree but as far as like favorite martial arts movies or or fight scenes there there's a bunch of martial arts movies that i don't have off the top of my head, I can't remember the name. There was one I saw recently that someone recommended. It was one of those very fantastical, uh, you know, wire ones from, but it was from the 60s, and I, you know, I hadn't seen that type. I'd seen it recently, but I hadn't seen it from that type. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up, I can't recall. But I mean, obviously, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was an amazing one, and that's another one that broke a lot of boundaries over here. And I do, I mean. I just recently watched Lady Snowblood. Oh, that's very good. Man, that movie is great. Um, Lady Snowblood. Everybody should watch it. If you if you liked Kill Bill, you'll love this because that's basically Kill Bill. Yeah. <laughs> um, he just kind of stole that outright, I think. Um, can you tell that I don't like Tarantino much? <laughs> um, I don't. Dory would Dory would not say this. Dory would be very diplomatic. That's her mo on your yeah, show. Yeah, that is true. She's very nice. She'd be like Tarantino. Seems like he'd be nice. Like he would answer an email. I'm sure he's working through some stuff through his films, and I, I wish him the best. Yeah, all his weird feet stuff. And yeah, his, yeah, yeah. Uh, cultural appropriation. She doesn't but, let me mention that. Yeah, Lady Snowblood. I love because I and I feel like the same way about this movie. I feel like the same way about a lot of the best martial arts movies is you get this, you get the full range of emo human emotion in an action sequence. It doesn't have to always be this like outrageous American machismo. Like, oh, I'm fighting somebody. I got to, like, flex and, like, not have sleeves and, like, you know, talk about dude stuff. It's, it's just, like, this is just a part of life. And in this one, Bruce Lee happened to be just a cool cucumber. I do like that that machismo is represented in the film. Uh, like, the guy on the boat at the, be at the beginning, oh, the Australian guy. Decimate him. Put him in the boat. That's one of my favorite like, parts of the film is showing that, that kind of character that you normally are going to get. Yeah. From there, but he just sends them off. He doesn't even touch him. He just sends them off on a boat. Yeah. Humiliates yeah, them and I assume drowns them. No, him. Bruce Lee and Jim Kelly both were just like, Yeah, we know what we are. We know we're good. Yeah. Like we're fine. That's great. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I don't know if that answered his question. I know. I was like, I feel like you are the film person you did a terrible job. I know, I absolutely I absolutely collapsed. I have one particular one in my mind and I can't remember the name of it. Uh, and Titanic. now I cannot. It's oh, it's Titanic. Titanic. It is Titanic. Yeah, I forgot. Titanic. Lovely choreography in Titanic. <laughs> a lot of fights. Um, and as soon as I thought of that, I'm like, oh, I can't think of anything else until I think of the name of it, and I won't. Go be following us. I saw Titanic for the first time like a couple <laughs> months ago. I should have expected it to be so action-y because James Cameron, but 
I didn't expect a chase sequence or a gunfight type of thing. Like yeah. When the blue people the blue people jump out of the water and they're on the boat. Oh yeah, like is that, that the right movie? Yeah, that's the same thing. I have also never seen Titanic. I've never seen it either. Yeah. I know how it ends. Why would I watch it? Yeah, that's exactly. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Right? Like hey, Adam. Hey guys. Hi. Free screening. It's fun of it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, oh, you I took the mic with you. I, I didn't want to crouch. That is it's yours bold. now. It's That's, yours now. Yeah, it's all yours. Congrats. It's all yours. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. guys. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun. This is my first time seeing this. Uh, no doubt that Bruce Lee is an early inspiration for martial arts. I know you mentioned Karate Kid. I'm actually going to take you to task yes. for a minute. Is this, this is the what take it's for. Is this, this the take to task, Mike? I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I have studied five years of martial arts, Taekwondo to be exact, I at no point have ever seen the Karate Kid. What? No, no Cobra Kai. You know no, why? Because no. he's doing it for real, everyone. <laughs> We're watching it. Yeah, he's why would doing you need it. to? Why would you need to when you live it? Now, you are from America. That's true. That is, that is still shocking. It's 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 scandalous. Yeah, you know, there was I, a lot. I, I was afraid to come it's out. It's amazing. For, at some it's point. amazing. I know that Karate Kid came out in 1984 for because for a while I just gauged things chronologically if it came before Karate Kid or after Karate Kid. That's interesting. For some reason, my age, I'm like, oh yeah, that was before Karate Kid, so it was like 1983, not 1984. I don't know why that was like Lots a to unpack. Yes, yeah. a lot to unpack there. <laughs> Um, but yeah. also a very skinny uh, martial artist in that movie. That's the only connection I can think of. Mm. Is that it? That's all I got. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but all kidding aside, um, I... Sh- <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you. Uh, this is very much all kidding aside. We've kid almost none. Oh, 24-7. That's why I love this podcast. But no, um, what I really want to say, uh, what I love especially is the fact that not only is it directed by someone else, but you, they say that the fight sequences were choreographed by Bruce Lee, and it kind of just blurs that line by, oh, this really is a Bruce Lee movie in that he staged everything we see, but also collaborated with the director. I mean, the mirror scene is absolutely insane, and just, I guess, I don't know, what are your thoughts about like that kind of collaboration between... Bruce Lee as the fighter and choreographer and the director. And, and uncredited writer. Oh, really? Really, yeah. yeah. Am I the only one that did homework for this? I read a book um, like eight years ago. Oh, my God. But you haven't read a recall. book since then. And I don't know how to read, which is oh, yeah, challenge. No. It was very impressive that I read it. That's interesting that you say that because I found myself, when I was talking about the film, I kept saying Bruce Lee's masterpiece, Enter the Dragon, fully aware <laughs> that Robert Klaus was the director. But for me, like the because of the, the like you're drawn to it because you want to see those fight scenes. But beyond yeah. that, as the uncredited writer, which I knew all along, uh, <laughs> there's so much more story that goes, that kind of forms around what you're really there to see, which is those beautiful, that beautiful choreography. The nunchuck scene, by the way, is my favorite part of that movie. Every time that happens, I get very giddy. It's really impressive. Uh, but it is, I don't, and I don't recall how they worked together, like what the collaboration was. But to me, it's a Bruce Lee movie all his movies are Bruce Lee movies because he's the one I'm... It's kind of like a Nicolas Cage movie. He didn't direct them, but that's why you're there. That is, is a, to see the that is a leap. I am, I'm not equating them. I am merely comparing. I think what I heard, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah, audience Nicolas for the Cage. audio, yeah. 
Uh, Christopher just compared Bruce Lee to Nicolas Cage. Compared, <laughs> right? Not equated. I think that's a the very 10, important people distinction. Here, the ten thousand people yeah. here heard that. The the balcony is very upset about what you they just are, said. They are dead they're dead. They don't you. want anything to do with. It. See, yep. thank you, five hundred people in the balcony that just said that. I I feel like it to actually answer your question. I'm clearly not Christopher going to. Christopher was just wandering. I feel like it had to have been uh, an enormous struggle for Bruce Lee to have. Man, I, I'm going to bring the podcast down for a minute. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's what to I'm have other for. people in control? Is that well, people that don't understand his culture, his martial arts, any of it, try and write for that. And and, and he, he, in a respectful way, like I feel like that, everything that I read in preparation for today was just like, it was a butting of heads for those moments where the studio wants it to be something that, oh, like, mom and dad mom and dad can enjoy you know like i don't know it's just like a very it had to, i can't imagine anyone making a film that wasn't a white guy back in the 70s had an easy time making a movie you know but to make a movie this phenomenal with just all the odds stacked against them it just, i'm going to say that every question it blows my mind yeah and especially the the films he made prior to this when it where they were just purely chinese productions he had a lot more control over like there was one film uh one of his films where he ousted the choreographer uh because they weren't doing it the way and they couldn't keep up with what he wanted to do so then then now you have this uh dual production between america and china and yeah, I can see how that would be even more challenging. Like, right. the, I've already proven myself over here. Right. Now over here, I have to re, like reteach you how to do this. Yeah. It's got to be insane. But he eventually overcame, and like those those sequences are all his. So, and I think those are the, the stars of the movie. Yeah, and not to mention just what a testament to his ambition, not only as a martial artist but as an artist too. I think in the quintessential form that he wasn't afraid to break out in that industry in Hollywood. I mean, even when the, as you say, the odds were stacked against him. Oh yeah, I mean, and he was desperate to get into Hollywood. Like he was mm -hmm. working hard, he made connections, he used those connections for all he was worth. Anytime someone, any opportunity he had to, to show off what he could do, he did in front of as many people as possible. Like he mm -hmm. knew what he was doing. He mm -hmm. did, yeah. he was famous for a thing called the one inch punch. Has anyone heard about this? Yeah, absolutely. Christopher will do, demonstrate. Right <laughs> and I have, I have also mastered it. And he was so willing, and he was a real showman, so he was very cocky, and he was like, let me show you. And then he would put his hand on a person's chest, and he wasn't pulling back. It was one inch away, and just through the power of his whole body, would knock them feet, several, several feet, just from here to here. I don't know if you saw that. It was so fast. I mean, you saw how he was you saw built. What I just you did. saw that man. He has never met a carb like that. Is yeah. a, that is, is yeah all muscle, muscle all muscle that and power. That guy is punching me through this theater. And he was he showed it every chance he got, and his friends all got punched. Like everyone who knew him. <laughs> all right, now it's time for me to show you this thing I could do. Thank you so much. I appreciate your questions. Of course, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh I'll suit. I'm holding the mic. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm good. This is my first time seeing this movie, and what a treat seeing it in this room with all these people. Oh, that's exciting. It's, it was a moment for sure. Uh, my question isn't really about the movie, but I'm interested in your opinion on if it was like a double feature, what movie would pair nicely with this? And I'm open to wild answers too. Like, it doesn't have to be a martial arts film. Oh, man. 
Wait, can you answer this first? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, let's put the let's put it on the audience. Yeah, don't put it on me. I'm can, just asking questions. Does anyone have an answer to that? Tomorrow. Ooh. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> but yeah, wait. We'll, we'll, we'll fit that in. This, this is an amazing question for this the podcast. Really good, oh, that is a good question for the podcast, uh, which it's we're currently doing, made, so that is confusing. It's as if you produce content. <laughs> it's as if you produce content. No, yeah, it's, it's like I'm a journalist or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Oh, a double feature. I'm, I mean, yeah, well, blood's if blood. you want a Bolo Young double feature... Who was the really beefy uh, henchman in this movie? Who I also am a big fan of. And please don't let me make me explain, but I kind of think he looks like Gary Shandling. I I tried to put that side by side and have it, and as I was doing that, I realized he doesn't look like Gary Shandling, but I can't tell you why. Um, Bloodsport would Bloodsport is like a obviously lesser. <laughs> I would go on a limb and say a lesser film, though a film I do like. I mean, the really cop-out answer is that I would probably have another Bruce Lee movie with it. Um, I really like The Big Boss is a good one. Fist of Fury. I'm kind of stumped. Like. Yeah. Say again? I mean, honestly, yeah, that would be good. I mean, to see a film, that actually is a great answer. See a film that kind of opened the door for then, and then a film that also opened another door many years later. Um, that would be a really nice kind of pairing I think. Thank you very much. You saved us. I'm uh, yeah, I'm stumped. My only default thing and it's a c Oh, we got a lot. I mean, we showed lot. the last dragon just a few months ago and I do love you the did. last dragon. I was not invited. <laughs> you, do you know this is a public theater? No, I didn't. Yeah, no, you don't need you don't wait for invitations. Please just show up and buy tickets. Oh. That is a really good question, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk about this more in future podcasts, because now all I'm going to do is go home and think about what would be the best. Yeah. My, my quick going to be my next recommendations for a next movie to watch. So. It oh, should be. Yeah. My yeah. quick cop-out answer would be Three the Hard Way, just because Jim Kelly's in it, but the premise of that movie is amazing because I can't believe it got made. It's about three martial arts experts, all black, who are fighting a group of white supremacists who are trying to put poison in water that only impacts the black community. Right? I think that, like... Three the Hard Way? That's what it's called? I think it's Three the Hard Way, right? Am I wrong? Am I the only one that watched it? Is this, and I you said I this am. is Jim Kelly. Who was in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, like, to ease into, like, one, one person making a movie that just, like, shatters your expectations yeah. into co-star of the movie making another movie that, like, how did you make a movie about... That. Evil white people yeah. poisoning non-white people in the 70s. In the 70s, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, I should mention we'll be showing Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon here in the theater in late May for AAPI month. We've got some great can films you, coming can up. Can you just play this first, though? Yes, like and we will also play this. And if not, that means I wasn't able to that's do that. That's a verbal <laughs> contract. Every lawyer in the audience knows that's binding. Yeah. So check it out. Hey. Um, I, you guys mentioned this... Yeah. Yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you guys mentioned this earlier, but I thought one aspect of the movie that really kind of, I mean, really I loved about it, and you can kind of see it in newer movies as well, um, where you had all these opposing characters actually have backstories. And honestly, you don't really need to put in that much effort for you to sympathize with an opposing character, and I think it makes a scene a lot more interesting when you have two people you kind of like against each other. Um, you kind of see that in like Bullet Train and the new John Wick movie, where it's like you can just say this guy has a dog, and then you're like, 
well, now I don't want him to die. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually a very quick way for me to empathize with the character. That is true. I had my friend Connor, who's way smarter than me, he used to always talk about the economy of character, which is a really snazzy phrase that I use, I've stolen and use all the time, which is these that. brief moments that you get, like in those vignettes about their backstories. You just get a little taste of what happened to them, and you immediately are like, okay, I get who you are. I get what your motivation is. And I love, I agree, I love that aspect of this film where you get all that, uh, you get Bruce Lee, you get a lot of that from Bruce Lee's character, but you also get that from, uh, from Williams and you get it from, you know, uh, from John Saxon's character, which really, that's why I'm always saying like this film is just, it adds so much more than just that element. It was really great. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. No, thank you for showing the movie. It was great. Absolutely. Thank you. Looks like we got one more question here. Unless Hello. all of the rest of you are also getting <laughs> yeah. in line. I'd also just like to start by saying thank you for showing this. And it was awesome to see it with almost a full house and everybody yeah. full reacting to the scenes. It's always fun to see what lands I mean, with people. 10,000 people. I can't get I know. It's, we're going to have a hard time getting out here. I hope you guys parked close. So I started with a compliment. I do want to take you guys to task about the Karate Kid again. <laughs> <laughs> I love how much karate kid pushback we're getting. That's why I'm not on this podcast. That's why you're fired. I think it's very relevant. And I think that uh, in a similar way, when I was a kid, seeing the karate kid, it made an impression on me like it made so many other people with uh, Bruce Lee's films and Enter the Dragon. Putting on a gi and taking karate lessons, I've got a wrinkled up gi in my parents' uh, attic somewhere. Um, but... Uh, Pat Johnson did the fight, the fight choreography for the Karate Kid. He was actually in a scene with Roper, John Saxon. Oh, really? So, yeah, at the beginning of the film when they're trying to shake him down in the golf course, the guy with the lines is Pat Johnson. Oh, my gosh. So that, that, I'm glad you brought that up because the other amazing thing about this movie is if you don't have like a deep um, appreciation for martial arts movies, you can truly follow any cast member's career path. Like their oh, IMDb list, it's, it's insane how many movies each of them have done. Semo Hung was one of the, was the, uh, who's, a, who's huge in martial arts movies, especially in like the 90s, but he started out as a stuntman for a lot of Bruce Lee's films. He was the one, he was the kind of thicker dude that, <laughs> that the little oh, yeah. Bruce Lee's up against at the beginning, and, you're, and that's, supposed to be, that's supposed to be, oh, he's never going to take him down, and then, and then obviously he does. Yeah. But he, he was a stuntman for him. Yeah, tons of stuntmen. Jackie Chan worked as a stuntman. Um, there's a lot of folks, yeah, that worked in those movies at the time and then went on to have huge careers themselves. Yeah, it does turn into this thing where... I can't I believe there's a connection between Karate Kid and yeah. Enter the Dragon. And it's in so, so many Asian uh, action cinemas, like Hong Kong cinema, like what you're saying with Sammo Hong. Um, as you get a deeper appreciation for Hong Kong cinema and you go back to watch Enter the Dragon, you recognize so many faces yeah, absolutely. going through the film. It's, it's, it's great that it works so broadly, yeah. but it also works like so detailed as well. Thank you. And let me say... Uh, Karate Kid was important to me when I was. <laughs> oh, I'm the villain here. I am absolutely <laughs> no, no. the villain. I, I'm, it's I mean, my fault. I, I think the point is that it maybe doesn't hold a candle to enter the dragon with Bruce Lee. <laughs> Danny. Uh, what was his name? <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Russo. Russo. I call him Danny. Danny? What, You're Ralph Macchio. 
is no Bruce Lee. I don't want to. I don't want to be controversial. I think you're you're Daniel <laughs> and I'm Johnny in this situation. <laughs> you are Johnny. You just swept the leg of this whole podcast. Well, I no, I didn't. Nice. They swept me. I, I do. I do have a real quick. question. Oh yeah, no. Feel, and, yeah. And, and earlier, I'm sorry. We, real questions are rare <laughs> yeah. around here, so um, feel free. Uh, you were being pretty light about saying how Bruce Lee would have been in like Star Wars or whatever, and and I do honestly feel like the landscape of cinema would have been completely changed if he'd still uh, been around. Yeah. But my question is, if he was in Star Wars, who do you think he would play? Han Solo. Well, I don't. He's just age a cool customer. Okay, well, so I mean, yeah, not realistically. It, so based wait, on age. This but. was what 75? 73. 73. 73. He could have been Han Solo. I feel like he has that, that, it's that cool customer demeanor. I would, if I was Carrie Fisher, I would have fallen in love with him. Yeah, I mean, he's not Luke, who's a, like a real dork through the yeah, whole movie. Luke is the worst. Han's the cool one. And he's too young to be Obi-Wan at that point. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with Han Solo. Or, I'm sorry, but he could have been Lando. I was just going to say the same thing. I was just thinking the same thing. But then we got to put Billy D. Williams in a different role. I think we can all agree I would have been Chewbacca, though, right? No! Chewbacca is the greatest character in Star Wars, and don't tell me otherwise. Okay, but what? And, and you're saying I couldn't have been him? You're not Billy D. Williams. Wait, I'm saying Chewbacca. I would be Chewbacca. No, I just said we got to put Billy What's D. Williams happening? in. I know, I changed, I totally changed direction and made this it about me. This is your podcast. That's what I'm trying to This express. is your festival. I think what we can all agree is I'd be a great Chewbacca. Uh, thank you so much. Thank all of you for coming out. Oh. Staying till 3 a.m. Thanks. Thanks for sticking around, all 10,000 of you. And thank you to Mr. Dory Zori here. Boo. Wonderful. Cinnabuds, I have to say this, is produced by Kiri Salinas. Yes. Our theme song is by the wonderful Brett Newski. The Newsk. And we could not do this without our members from Radio Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Thank you. Tip your bartenders. <laughs>